welcome back to another episode of Civil Discord. I am one of your hosts here as often as I can be. The notorious BLG, aka Maurice Jones, here here down in the People's Republic of Texas. And with me, again, here more often than I am, out there in the People's Republic of California, the Supreme Overlord of Liberty, Amanda. Amanda, how's it going? It's going all right. We've got, as we'll get into, we've got exciting school bar school board recall news from from San Francisco. Right. Uh, so things things are all right. Just recorded an episode this afternoon. Of Fact check this um, with uh, with the wonderful Justin, who's also our producer. So yeah, hey. things are good. Things are good. Fact check this. So definitely, you guys will have to check that out. Um, any ep- any podcast or episode that Amanda is on is always gold, one hundred percent. It is always gold. So if you ever hear her talking to a better host than me, it's then awesome. by all means, go check that out. I assure you guys to go check that out. Um, any it, Oh, also, we actually just released a mini-sode, a little mini-episode for you yes. guys that Amanda recorded and that I um, completely forgot to, uh, to, to engineer and upload and then upload it via my horrible internet out there. Um, in Sparklight. So if anybody's working for Sparklight New Wave, I want you to know that you are horrible and I can't stand you and that you have a small monopoly on the area in where I live because I can't go anywhere else to get an internet service provider. Um, but yeah, so if you work for that company, sorry, uh, I don't like them. But yeah, tell us a little bit about about the mini episode before you guys actually yeah. go back and listen to it. Sure. So yeah, a quick note on me. So, so this was up on YouTube uh, earlier this week. Uh, we've just got it up on the audio. And um, I recorded it on Sunday when you were sports balling. Um, <laughs> and since then, it, it was basically about Gavin with a good hair extending his emergency declaration. And definitely the reason that that is important is because uh, an emergency declaration gives you unlimited power to give other people unlimited power, uh, regardless of if they're elected or not. Um, so this has been an issue in Los Angeles as kids have been forced to wear N95s and KN95s um, in indoors and outdoors. A couple. So last week, is that correct? Yes, last week. Um, there were there was a heat wave in Los Angeles, which I know sounds weird to anyone who's not in Los Angeles. But there was a heat wave, um, and at least thirteen children are reported to have passed out uh, while playing at recess because they had N95s and KN95s. Uh, no since then, there has been a slight development, and so far as. We no longer have an outdoor mask mandate. However, children, I, I wonder what prompted that deviation. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, we still have an indoor mask mandate, and kids are still being forced to wear N95s and KN95s for six, uh, at least six hours a day, oh, except wow. for recess. Except for recess. <laughs> exactly. So, um, Amanda uh, went into depth and in all of that in our in our little mini mini episode or whatnot we might as well just call it another episode just a short episode of civil discord your weekly dose of radical curiosity i completely forgot that tag totally at the fine. very beginning I but it's all forgot. gravy <laughs> it's all gravy so um definitely 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 go check that out because um, again anything that amanda is on is pure this is not always true. Like, All right. Like the 49ers out there, because she's out there in California, out there yeah. searching for gold, the 49ers, and they're doing whatever they got to do. But um, so uh, speaking of schools, 
and how they decide to operate. There's actually a great um, a great story coming out of San Francisco. I know this may not have been as national as um, as the San Francisco Times thinks it was, but uh, <laughs> but the this was a big deal. So San Francisco actually recalled three of their school board members Mm -hmm. for their school district, a whopping three, three of the seven, I believe that sit on the board. Well, so they were the only ones, those three were the only ones eligible for recall. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) I mean, there's some people are saying, you know, they, they would have, they would have recalled all of them, but just those three. So yeah, the three that were eligible have been recalled, have been recalled. Um, Contrary to what you probably not what you think it's about, which is very interesting, but these people have been recalled. So, um, and by a landslide, like, I mean, utterly a landslide. I want to say the highest one recall vote was like 78.2%. The next one was 75. And the last one was 72%, um, which is, those are crazy numbers. Like for you, for 78% of the people who voted, I don't want to say of your constituents or so forth, but the people who voted to think you should no longer be in office um, says a lot about how you were governing during the time that you were in office. So um, uh, can you tell us a little bit more about what is going on with San Francisco since it's out there in somewhat of your neck of the woods? Not quite, (laughs) but I mean, closer to you than it is to me. Yeah, well, maybe I guess. Yeah, I guess that's true. Although it's, it's still it's still a hike. Um, yeah, so I, and I don't like San Francisco. I know I'm going to get so much hate. I'm not a fan of San Francisco. It's cloudy. It's foggy. And it's expensive. Right. But I digress. It's cold there, too. It's not supposed to be cold in California. But there. So San Francisco is bluer than Los Angeles. And it's also uh, the the city with the least proportion of 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 households with children so it's it's Mm. kind of like the most childless city if that makes Mm. any sense so school board stuff isn't normally a a huge deal right um however there the school board did some really crazy stuff yes there was controversy over remote learning um but one of the huge controversies was that the school board had in, had intended to drop merit-based admissions and accelerated curricula uh, so in the name of equity, which is just so, I think you and I would agree, is incredibly offensive mm-hmm. to, because what it says is, okay, well, only white people or, or people of, of color can't, can't get into these merit-based programs or can't, uh, enjoy this, you know, can't benefit from these accelerated learning options. Mm-hmm. When a lot of times, especially for poor people, that is your ticket out is when you can point to a transcript and say, I got into this school, I took these yep. accelerated classes, you're taking that away from them with these kids who don't have any other options, who don't right. have connections, don't have the time to do extracurriculars, and you just take that away from them, I get impassioned. But at any rate, um, so there, there was an outcry and there was a recall and these three board members, one of whom had also had some really ugly tweets about Asian right. families, yeah. um, accusing them of being, and I won't say the word, um, well, and she didn't say the word either. She accused Asian families of being like house inwards. Oh, which, uh-huh. <laughs> which, yeah. 
which is interesting to me. And I, I credit the guys in the fifth column for pointing this out, the fifth column podcast, because they were, they were noting how, so this, this woman is polite enough to not say the N word, but she's invoking this horrible concept that is incredibly racist, but she's not saying the N word. So she's not, she's not a racist because she didn't actually say the word. She just talked about the concept itself. Um, so these these three school board members get ousted and the the line that's being parroted around now is this was a right wing recall. Ladies and gentlemen, there are not enough right wing people in San Francisco to produce a majority here. All right. This is not a right wing recall. In fact, there was a guy there's there's a gay man who called himself Gabraham Lincoln and made himself the face of the recall precisely to put forward this message that this is not a right-wing effort. Um, and I was reflecting on this because we're seeing, you know, all over the country, in, in pockets at least, there are these purple states that are going more, I don't want to call this a red movement, but there are more Democrats who are moving away from very radical policies. Mm -hmm. And for the past few years, Democrats in power were able to convince their voters that if they didn't go along with and echo their most extreme rhetoric and policies, that they were racist, white supremacists, transphobe, misogynists. And this is sort of a slow reawakening, I think, for Mm -hmm. a lot of genuinely liberal Democratic voters who are realizing that they've lost their party. Um, And I was thinking about whether or why that did or didn't happen in 2016, uh, because arguably the same sort of thing happened, right, with making making Republicans Trumpy, right? Right. So I think there was kind of a barrier provided by the Republicans in MIDI with the press. So there was this, there was struck between a, between a rock and a hard place, right? So you're struck, mm-hmm. be, stuck between a party that tells you, you have to go along with this weird populist sentiment and a press that's like, don't sit with us. We hate you. You're not one of us. So you had less splintering, I think with the GOP. And also mm-hmm. I think in general, Republican voters, are more inclined to cleave to party identity as a means of providing order and systematization, whereas Mm -hmm. Democrats, liberals are more willing to deviate from that. So it sort of signals what we can expect, I think, in the forthcoming elections, too, uh, where you'll see Democrats voting more on the issues, I think, and Republicans will continue to vote on identity will continue right. to vote on party ID, but Democrats right. have shown that they're not, uh, that they're able to not do that. And they are willing to not do that. Right. I, uh, it, it's, it, it was, it was interesting. Cause when you, when you brought up the, the Gabraham Lincoln, cause I was reading through this article and was like, Gabraham Lincoln, like, man, what's going on? And, and, and the guy, his real name is, is David Thompson. And uh, and he says, he goes, we wanted to show the diversity of the community behind this recall. I knew they were going to say, oh, is it it's just a bunch of Republicans? And I'm like, do I look like a Republican? Like, I mean, it's 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 so crazy that that people even thought like, hey, we want to make sure that you don't realize 
or that that we want to make sure that you don't confuse this with some Republican thing. Like, like this is truly the people in this area uh, voting to remove you. And it's very hard to to say it's a Republican thing when 78 when it's like 78.5 percent of the people are voting to recall you. Yeah. No. And I think that the, the article talked about like it was let me, let me scroll back up here. It says uh, so uh, Lopez was voted out with 75 percent of the votes and then uh, Molinga was voted out with 72 percent of the votes in total around 127,000 votes were cast for the latter two with slightly more cast in the case for Collins. So Collins, it was the one who was voted out with 78.5% votes to say, Hey, we don't want you on our school board anymore. And when I was reading this, I got, I, I won't say I got tears in my eyes, but I was, I was, I was like, Oh man, this is exciting. Like, yeah, like people on the school board are being voted out uh, mainly because you guys know how I feel about public education. <laughs> and um, I think it should be 100% privatized. And I think um, that the, the, the government should have zero input as to what your kids are being taught into school. And I feel like public education, it, they are, I, I think education so far right now is a bunch of indoctrination camps. Even though I do work for a school district, like, <laughs> you work for the indoctrination camp. Yes, I do, and I'm very much in there to to be able to pose great, thoughtful um, questions and have uh, discussions centered around things that are very contrary to what most of their most of these teachers are are, are teaching the kids. I mean, there's one there's um there's one class they're reading a book for um by uh. Trevor Noah, I was like Noah, mm. um, by, by by Trevor Noah, like his story about how he grew up, and they and they talk about different things as far as systematic racism and and all these things, and I was just like, it's weird to have that conversation in an English class. Like I don't know why that would why you would have that in your English language arts class. That being said, um, how about we have some conversations centered around whatever else? I mean, we had the Fed come up in a conversation, so I'm like, hey, at least that is centered around what we're learning. We're learning about banking about the banking system mm-hmm. and so forth. And so just being able to uh, to to see that that parents or, or people just in general in, in the general area are are definitely like, hey, you know what? Let's focus on the issues that truly matter. And one of the reasons why they said they did this recall is because in the midst of the pandemic, they decided to rename about 44 <laughs> schools in the school district. Yep. And the people were like, what are you doing? Like, n- like none of this makes sense. Why would you want to rename 44 schools in the school district as opposed to coming up with ways and plans to open our schools back up and to make sure our kids are getting an education? And it's it's crazy because they they I think I believe they voted six to one to rename the 44 schools. And then they walked that back and did it and uh, almost did it about face of like, hey, we're not going to do this. We're going to hold this off. And then the superintendent delayed retirement and just it went into this long process of things. And it was and, and, and so you had a lot of people in the community like you guys should be focused on other things outside of renaming an Abraham Lincoln school. They or renamed Paul Abraham Revere Lincoln. School. Paul yeah, Re- like, they're not like renaming Stonewall Jackson Elementary. Exactly. OK, right. This right. this is not Robert E. Lee Secondary School that they're renaming. One of the schools that they tried to rename was, I think, Alamo something. And uh, so they thought it was a reference to the Alamo when really it was named after like an Alamo tree. <laughs> things like, that matter. 
exactly. The names of school matter. And and y'all know me. I don't like Abraham Lincoln. But <laughs> I don't think that that renaming a school from Abraham Lincoln to whatever it is out uh, is is far more is more important than making sure kids get a good education, okay? And 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 again, I said it once, I'll say it a million times. I am for defunding the Department of Education, okay? Like I'm 100% for all of that. And I'm for privatized education because I feel like people learn better and I feel like there's more incentive for schools to be better when they are when they are directly funded by the people who go there. And so the people who go there directly have an input. I mean, we see this all the time where in Virginia, they, the, the, the people on the school board and the governors are, are and the governors are literally saying you have no right. You as a parent have no right to what your kid is learning in public education. And it's just like that's a bit backwards. You know, if if your tax dollars, the money that is being stolen from you every single time you you go and you do something, if that is being used from from if that's coming from your pocket and you have no input like that's that's even more of of a theft and extortion as far as what taxes currently are because at least most of the time you can at least say hey you know it we, we say but with your pocketbook but you can't you can't change you can't pick up and go to a different school you can't do all this stuff you know so th- that that's why i even though i work for public education i I advocate for things like school choice and the school vouchers to be able to say if if at the very least you're going to steal from me on a for for me, it's a, you know, bi monthly basis. You're going to steal money from me. At least let me determine where my kids are going to go to school. Like, at least let me figure that out, because if I'm in an area where where the public education is horrible, why do I want my kid going to that school? I don't. So the the. I I enjoy stories like this because it is definitely a people are realizing that they have more power than 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 what the government leads on yeah. and so forth. And and it, it's, it's it's interesting. I mean, and we are here in Texas. We're going through through um, some we're in the middle of, of voting season. And my wife and I had a conversation about why I, why I choose to no longer vote. But, um, you know, it, it's it's one of those things. And she said I was being prideful. So. Before I move on, I must say this. If I have come off as prideful in explaining why I don't vote, or if I have done something wrong in explaining why I don't vote or, or, or anything like that, please forgive me. I'm not meaning to be prideful. I just feel like I don't I, like th- there is no reason for me to vote. It has nothing to do. For those of you who are joining us, it has nothing to do with this Trump election or 2020 or me feeling like the election was stolen it has zero to do with that and everything to do with, with how I feel true change comes. So, mm-hmm. um, but all that being said, we're in the midst of election right now. And so people who, who, who are really getting out to vote, there are it's the primaries for our governor. There are people who are running against Greg Abbott and talking about how we need a real Republican out there in office. And so I think people are slowly starting to realize like, we have somewhat of a power if we do some massive uprising and be able to take out the people who who don't serve our best interest. Yeah. No, I so a couple things there. First of all, I, I want to hear the ways in which Greg Abbott is not a real Republican in, in, in people's, you know, people's minds. But, <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, I can tell you right that, now he's right. not a Republican. But, all right. um, but no, it, this was also something that came up on at some length um, on Fact Check podcast where um, 
I, I was kind of impressed with myself because I came off sounding um, like, like a leftist. And I always enjoy when I sound like something that I'm very much not. So it's like Amanda's right. a neocon now. Oh my God, now Amanda's a leftist. So it, it tickles me. But um, I was talking about how there are ways to reform the education system that come short of completely privatizing education, I think, because a lot of people get freaked out by that. And if I'm being perfectly honest, I see, like, I want every child to be educated and and receive a full education. And maybe this is my programming because I've only ever known societies (laughs) that provide public education. But for me, I want that to be at least a backstop, if nothing else. That said, the reforms that we need, I, just basic stuff on the level of funding students, not systems. This is something yes. that Corey, and, and Corey DeAngelis brings again and again and again. Yes, Fund students, not systems. It's the easiest thing in the world. And mm-hmm. if you want to look for an example of systemic racism, like look no further than the public school bureaucracy. Yes. Look no further than zoning that forces kids into underperforming schools and then either obliterating the possibility of what's called open enrollment, which is where you're able to choose the school in your district, uh, to which you send your child, or just sweeping it under the rug and not telling parents. There needs to be a duty to inform and every single district in the county, sorry, every single district and every single county. Uh, in the country needs to have open enrollment and then we fund students, not systems. And that way we we keep a public education system, Mm -hmm. but the money is going somewhere where it's going, it's going to provide choice and it's going to provide real enrichment on the level of the individual. I have a, you know, an analysis about why that will never happen, but we can, we can save that for another time. It has to do with unions and Democrats fealty to unions and all the rest. But why is Abbott not a real Republican? Oh, um, for let, let's see, for the the I would say for a number of reasons, but one, his his concept of shutting down the shutting down Texas and not letting businesses open back up and finding people and doing all that because I know um, was it Young Americans for Liberty when they were having their uh, their right. their thing in Dallas. He he kind of backed up the city of Dallas as opposed to he's like, hey, well, let the city do what they're going to do. And and even though even though he had he had, quote unquote, opened up the state of Texas. Um, and then there was another lady whose whose business was who was who was arrested for opening up her hair salon. And he was kind of silent That's on right. that. And um, and then his his entire stance, on uh, his uh, his stance on um, it, it's taking so long for for these gun for these gun rights to be restored to people and so forth i mean so he's there are a a a bunch of things that that i I, he's more republican than a lot of republicans out there but if if we're going through what a true real conservative republican is he's he he's not that i mean as far as spending and so forth and then education uh I, i i just i i just think and this could be me being um just the 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 and cap that I am as far as like I think everybody should just be done or whatnot. But um he's he he is he's done a lot of things over the over his past over the past two years that have not sat sat well with with a lot of Texans here. Which which is true. Um but I I mean even going back to your point and here's kind of where 
I think we may disagree a little bit as far as as far as education. And and we agree along the lines of there needs to be some change. And mm-hmm. I and contrary to, to to popular belief when it comes to me and my views, again, I do not think the government is a light switch. I do not think that the economy is a light switch. I do not think that I, I we should be able to wake up tomorrow and there be and we live in, a, in a, um, an ANCAP society. I do not believe that at all. I do believe that there has to be some progression towards it, which is why I like what Corey DeAngelis is doing. Um, and I want to say he helps pass stuff in Kentucky where they have school choice, where they fund the child, not the school. Yeah. And um, and it's it's a big thing because, like, like you said, we we have huge issues. I live the, the school district I work in is a prime example of this. But but so so I live I live in the in the greater Houston area. So I'm probably about like 30 minutes south of Houston. There's a there's a school district, Katy, which in which people move there for the schools that are there. Now, if we talk about people moving there, they also have um specific situations as to where it's probably a lot more expensive to live there. Which and I get the if the demand to live somewhere is high, it should be more expensive to live there. Like that that's just law and supply and demand laws of laws of economics. I get that. But back to your thing of as, as far as where we see systematic issues or whatnot, the, the places that are not as funded are minority driven. Yeah. They are because they don't have the they don't have the funds to 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 get up and move. Now I'm not saying that that they are not able to do that. I'm not saying that all black people are poor and can't afford to do that. I'm just saying statistically Black people are not as wealthy as white people. Like that's just the stat. I mean, if but we're, 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 poor we're kids just are that. just as smart as white yes. Kids. Poor kids are just as bright, just as talented as white kids. You know, <laughs> oh Joe Biden. But I, I just, I, I think ultimately, if you fund the child, it gives them more incentive to be better. If I know that that this child that goes to my school that there is money attached to them and their funding and how well they do, I'm probably going to teach a little better. I'm probably going to be more empathetic to, to their situations and what they want to do. I'm probably going to be able to, 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 I'm probably going to have a desire to reach this kid and understand like, okay, why is it he is the way that he is? Because, because now if he leaves, that is less money coming to the school. You know, right. regardless of of where you live now, it's I mean, we had a, a situation in in where you literally do not go to school with the person who lives across the street from you. Yeah, that, like, that was me growing up in a lot of like ways. It's yeah. it's that's 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 crazy to me. Crazy. That's crazy to me that that your your address dictates the level of education that you get. Why should that ever be the case? Why should it, why should it not be a, some sort of choice to say, hey, you know what? I need I want to go to the best school possible. Your address doesn't choose what college you go to. Your address doesn't choose where you work. So your address your address doesn't choose a lot of things, but it but it determines where I go to school. Like this, that yeah. that that's just backwards to me. It makes zero sense to me whatsoever. We ha- our, our education system needs to be reformed and it's very um it's very dated very antiquated. It is to the point to where, I mean, and I, I encourage everybody to look up why our education system, why our school day is set up the way that it is with the times and the bells and, and why we teach what we teach 
in the schools as opposed to um, being able to branch out and teach like real trades and so forth. Now, most schools, I will say, are adapting to that and being able to teach. So so like school districts, we're teaching entrepreneurship classes. We're teaching um, trade trade classes. So like I, I know the school where I teach, we have a CNA program. We have a welding program. We have programs to where you can go to college for free and then go out and be an operator at the plant and so forth. So we have all these programs to where it's not just you know, to where we're not just funnel, funneling people into college and then going from there. So most school districts are, are trying to branch away from that, but that's here in specific areas. I can tell you in, in other, in other, probably in other states, it's probably not like that. They just have the basic pipeline to college and the pipeline to, from indoctrination camp to indoctrination camp. And then, and then moving on, which, which is what the left has done very well. I'll give them that. Um, but I, I, so I, I just, I ultimately think there needs to be a, there needs to be reform within education. Um, this, and I, yeah. and I, I don't think that, and yes, I, if I, if we woke, if I woke up tomorrow and the department of education no longer existed, I'd be, I'd be excited, but I know that that's not a good thing. And that education is very important because the more educated your system is, the more you, your, your country is and your people are, the more likely you are to flourish. So yeah. there is some correlation to education and wealth of a, and wealth of a specific area and country. So. Yeah. And, and this, and this is, we really should have done a deep dive on school choices. It was just school choice week too. So maybe, maybe sometime we'll schedule that. This is, this is deeply personal to me because um, my parents fought, fought so hard to get me out of my, um, the, the public middle school for which I was zoned and Mm -hmm. into um, another public middle school, which was actually closer to my house and was much better performing um, and it was no, there was no reason except for district lines. They fought and they appealed and they fought and they appealed and it, they lost mm. and they ultimately ended up spending buttloads of money to send me to a private school, which was the best damn educational experience that I, that, I mean, it, it made me who I am today mm-hmm. as a scholar and as a thinker and as a person. And I'm so fortunate because my my parents had the means for that, right. no one should have to rely on that. Right. No one should have to rely on that to become right. who they are. Um, so yeah, it's 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 deeply personal. But yeah. And if people rely on it, then stop taxing them. Right. Like if if, <laughs> if, if that's the case, stop taxing them and allow them to spend the money how how however they see fit. And and, and I know that this, this is going to get a little bit off topic, but I saw a. Uh, a a um a quote and it said what is your biggest expense you know in life think about it your biggest yearly expense is it your house is it your car is it your groceries and then it says wrong it's taxes so when you think about how much you're taxed on a regular basis like that is my biggest expense every single year as far as how much i pay as far as when it comes to um your house and so forth like i was like huh really puts things in perspective. So, I mean, imagine getting your house note, house note back and then some every single, every single month. And now all of a sudden those, those private schools that seem unattainable now seem a lot more attainable because you're, you're getting your money back. So if I'm not being taxed in these specific property taxes and so forth and, and, and everything else, it, it, it is, it's, these things do become more attainable. So it is what it is, but, um, but yeah, so, um, 
moving on to this lovely, and you guys probably like, oh, they're talking about it again, but it is great. This lovely, great convoy that is happening up there in the People's Republic of Canada, this uprising that is moving forward and is glorious and that they're, and, and it is showing how, um, how political companies really are and, and, and how the government really does control a lot of what you have and how you don't really have a say and you're not as free as you think you are when you live in certain countries. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. So, and I, I know Amanda, you, you've got some good notes on this. So what, I've got, I've got a bunch of notes. We might not even get to Durham report and I don't even care. Um, <laughs> which I, that was also lots of notes there. I, I had to create a separate Google doc for my Durham report notes. So right. um, stay tuned. But anyhow, uh, yeah, for, for those, I, I like that we have ongoing stories now. It's, it's, it's rare because usually, you know, news cycles so quick, so fast, but now we are actually following stories. Yes. Um, so yes. To give some updates, there was a convoy of truckers who were protesting a mandate, not anti-vaccine, but they're protesting a mandate that requires truckers to quarantine for two weeks upon entering uh, Canada if they are not vaccinated. Um, And this convoy really, really uh, upset uh, Sir Justin Trudeau the Brave, um, (laughs) Canada's prime menstruator. and sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm straighter. <laughs> so sorry. I'm not sorry though. That's gold. <laughs> that is gold. We're so we it. have we have Rachel Madcow, we have the Brant's Covidians, and we have Justin Trudeau, Canada's prime menstruator. Like I, yes, I love see, it. I, I knew I had to say it so that you could have permission to say it. <laughs> Thank you. Because you Thank couldn't you. say prime minister, but then now you can. So exactly. Anyway, it's out there. I'm yeah, prime minister of Canada um, decided. Well, first of all, decided to put pressure on. Um, well, go the Ottawa police and Justin the Brave told GoFundMe to shut down this uh, this. You know, fundraising campaign for the truckers truckers right. then moved to give send go uh gibson go faced a denial of service attack then gibson go was hacked um and the names of these donors uh were all released and people mm. from the press have been calling them which is interesting mm. um and then the Canadian government. Well, I, I shouldn't even say that. I should. I should. It's really a Sir Justin the Brave, and then this this finance minister, uh, because there are a lot of of even liberal members of Parliament who are against this, have decided to act on this never before acted on um, national security act that I'm sure a lot of people when this was passed, a lot of people who are against this now probably thought this was a good idea. Which right. just goes to show if you give the state surveillance and regulatory power, it can and will be used against you. 100%. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but someday it will be. And that is exactly the case in basically what's supposed to be an anti-terrorism act. Mm-hmm. So Sir Justin the Brave doesn't need uh, permission for the first seven days, permission from Parliament to do any of the things in this act. Then it's voted on. Then it's then if it's approved, they get thirty days 
I'm not sure about the extension processes after that. Um, what they have done is they have frozen, they, they are freezing the bank accounts, not just of the people involved in this convoy, but of donors and of, uh, in some cases, their families. Mm. Um, this is some CCP stuff. Mm. And it's they estimated- They care about you, but, but governments are looking out for your best interest. They are literally freezing your accounts, the money that you have worked hard to earn and that you use to take care of your family. And they yeah. are saying, nope, sorry, can't access it. Yeah. But they care about you. Yeah. Same and- people who tell you to lock up in two weeks to flatten the curve and all this other kind of stuff. We care about you, care about the great society, you know, care about the greater good, but we don't care about how you provide for your family. And yeah, exactly. You know, it feels like governments only want you to have as much freedom as they can take away at any time. Exactly. They want you to have freedom just as long as they can take away that freedom at any time. Exactly. And that's what we're seeing. Um, so there, there's been some estimates. After 9-11, I think bank accounts of people with terrorist ties, there were 136 accounts that were frozen in the U.S. It's estimated now that this number uh, exceeds that. Um, and that was after 9-11, Okay. 9-11, mm. a, leg- a legitimate terrorist attack where right. people died. All right. So it's, it's estimated to exceed those numbers now. I do want to point out a few ironies. The first irony is that the uh, Give, Send, Go hacker who uh, released... Isn't it ironic? It's like hacking, but you work for the state. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what you get, ladies and gentlemen. That is content. Exactly. So, um, the hacker indeed works for the state. So there's this guy who uh, says that he has, you know, he helped the state freeze the bank accounts of these civil, civil liberties protesters, whether you like what they're protesting about or not. He helped the state freeze these accounts. He has an advertised history of working with state police and surveillance, and he posts selfies with a Guy Folks V for Vendetta mask. Bro, I'm not even mad. That's performance art. That's performance art. I can't be mad. Do you, boo? Yeah. Do you? It's, uh, golf Do- class. Mm. Really and truly. Mm. Isn't it ironic? And you uh, know, Alanis Morissette is Canadian, too. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, uh, I guess he's never... I guess this hacker has never seen the movie V for Vendetta. Like, maybe he hasn't. Uh, ain't ain't no way. That That's my new saying. Ain't no way. Ain't no ain't way. Ain't no way. You no are, you're hacking a private company to assist the government. But you're taking a picture with a V for Vendetta mask. To assist the government in quashing civil liberties protesters who are protesting the government, forcing them to put something into their bodies. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's oh beautiful. Another irony that I want to point I gotta out. Share, and I don't, but I'll say, and I got to share a country with these people, but It'll this is continent. Canada. So, yeah, well, I got to share a continent with these people. But there are probably people in the country who feel the same way this hacker does. And I got to share yeah. a country with, with, these, with these idiots. Oh, yeah. 
Um, oh yeah. So, so there's also the, uh, the hypocrisy of, um, the Gibson go hack that information being used to contact these people who were donating, um, you know, that information circulating versus you compare that to the way that social media and the press reacted to the Hunter Biden laptop story. Or, oh, yeah. We can't mention this. We can't talk about it. You can't post about it on Twitter. Why? Because uh, it is private information that was uh, obtained through hacking. Yep. So uh, those two uh, circles do not square, which I never got that phrase because you don't square a circle. It's the entire point of a circle, but they don't <laughs> square at any rates. Um, I wanted to note a kind of the, the way that this national security anti-terrorism act is phrased. So it'll, it's going to allow Sir Justin the brave to, uh, to freeze these, uh, these bank accounts. And there's some talk about him being able to freeze crypto wallets. I just want to put out there that that is not technically something that, it, that anyone is able to do because you, you don't, you can't freeze a cold wallet. What right. happens is that uh, Sir Justin the Brave can tell regulated financial institutions not to exchange cryptocurrency. Um, so that should say something about how good it is to be a regulated financial institution. If you're under the thumb of the government already, you can't help exchange private currency and privatized currency, privately, even, even algorithmically um, regulated currency into right. fiat. Really, that's kind of worse for fiat if you look at the way that crypto is going and the way that fiat is going. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that you can't freeze a cryptocurrency wallet. This is kind of the difference between saying you can't deposit the money under your mattress at a bank and saying you can't buy anything with the money under your mattress. So right. the act doesn't do anything to the money in your possession. And in fact, this is why people in communist countries would hide money under their mattresses because it's safer there than it is in the banks. And now that's true in Canada because at any time your account can be yes. frozen. If yes. you're the family member of someone yes. who might be peripherally involved in this civil liberties protest. Um, so really, if the state can keep you from accessing your money, it's not your money anyway. I know we talk about this sometimes um, that this is, I mean, it's really not. It's not your money. It's not. It's really. If they can like, cut it off at any time and they can change the value of it. It's not your money. It's not yours. If I can limit your access to it, what makes you think you own it? Do you own it? No, you don't. I do. And I, I give you permission to use it. And then I take that permission away. That's like I take your house key and I say that you can use it as long as you come to me and ask me first. And sometimes I'll say exactly. yes and sometimes I'll say no. It's but it's your house. Right. It's your hey, house. It's, 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 it's your house. Uh, I've gone in and changed the locks on you or whatnot. So you have to come to me and, 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 and get a new key or whatnot. But it's your house. It's your house. Okay. So, yep, this key works. You got to come to me and give me permit and, 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 and ask for permission. And I may or may not give you the key. Um, but yet it's yours. You worked hard for it. Congratulations. You own it. Yeah. But co again, cold wallet transfers. That's still, of course, there's, there's not a way for the government to get its hands on that. So what right. this is really doing is this is hurting bigger retailers and regulated financial firms. And for it's sure. making the case for more independent exchange mechanisms, which is yeah. kind of cool, really. Um, 
whatever yeah. speeds of the process yeah. <laughs> to decentralize currency. Exactly. If this is what it is in Canada, by all means, let it happen. Exactly. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I also, I love seeing on Twitter, so that the Ottawa police will post things on Twitter that are just patently unhelpful. And we, we discussed this a couple weeks ago too. Mm-hmm. So the Ottawa police Twitter account, basically, have you seen Les Miserables? Do you yes. Know okay, oh, okay. yes. Love it. Whenever I look at the Ottawa police Twitter account, I can't help but think of the scenes where the police are outside the barricade Mm-hmm. Like being like, you want the barricades? Listen to this. No one is coming to help you fight. You're on your own. You have no friends. But then it's great. But then it's great because the people, then the rest of Twitter just goes, damn their warnings, damn their lies. Ratio them in the replies. And it's amazing. Mm. So I love seeing that. Ratio yes. them in the replies, indeed. Um, it's, it's so weird. It's so weird how things have flipped, you know? Oh, it, it, it really is. And I, I saw a post the other day by the great Maj Toure, who is, he, if, if there are some people who are my spirit animals, he is one of them. And, 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 and I, this is where we definitely get into, into things where, where you and I disagree <laughs> on stuff or whatnot, but I mean, it is what it is. He, so, and his thought process was, so. If you are out there peacefully protesting and the police officers respond to you with violence, at what point do you say it's time to get violent? Like, at, at what point do you say, hey, you know what? Um, l- let's start doing some things. And, and I'm not advocating for any of this because I don't want anybody to get taken down on YouTube or I don't want our channel to get any strikes, even though we've only been up for two, three weeks. We're babies. So. Um, I, I am not advocating for any of this, but I thought it was a great question to ask, you know, um, at what point do we say, Hey, enough is enough. You have to, you have to be, you have to push back in the same force or greater than what they are pushing you. And of course, most of you guys know me, Hey, it don't take a whole lot. Like I'm ready to, if, if, if that's the case, let's, Let's um let's let's kick down a door properly. Let's let's go against the aggressor who is who is putting their throat on my neck. It's time to flip the script and it's time to force their hand and it's time to say, hey, we will. And again, this is in Canada, so it's it's harder to do. Just being I'm being honest, it is one hundred percent harder. I'm I, I'm I mean I mean not put a number on it, okay. Because I don't want anybody saying, no, it's not 100% harder. It's actually only 55% harder. Like, no. Okay. It is harder to do in Canada than it is to do here in the United States because of said laws that they have in Canada and said non-laws that we have in the United States, aka the Second Amendment, which has been trampled on by so many, so many different ways. But nonetheless, we still have that. And so it's it's easy to say sitting in, sitting in the U.S. like, hey, at, at what point do we do 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 the Canadians who are doing their thing and peacefully um, showing that they have power? What, at what point do they respond and say, hey, enough is enough. You guys are going to stop um, doing what you're doing to me. Same thing in Australia. Like you're going to stop running me over with a horse. You're going to stop um, pulling me out of my truck and telling me that I have to do things because this is not OK, you know. 
Yeah. And, and now to your point, what they're doing is they're um, able to jail tow trucks who are, who do not tow uh, these, uh, these trucks. Right. <laughs> I couldn't find tow a way to end that sentence. Who do not tow these trucks. Without redundancy. <laughs> and I apologize for that. Um, but they're, so they're doing that. Um, you know, people, even the people who want these protesters' assets frozen, um, they know they aren't really terrorists. They know they weren't the intended targets of this legislation. Mm-hmm. They know they aren't a threat to democracy. They're a threat to everyone doing what they want them to do. Right. But that's kind of democracy, isn't it? Um, the people who support this just want to punish people who are doing things differently. And that is all that politics has become on both major sides today. And yes, I know Canada has a parliamentary system on both major sides. But right now, politics today is using the state to punish people who are living their lives differently from you. That's all that it's become on the major sides. And it's gross. And if you are supporting these, these measures you know that you are not supporting them in the name of civil liberties. And Matt Iglesias on Twitter, by the way, is at least honest about this. He's like, you know, I, and I follow Matt Iglesias because sometimes he's got good stuff, but he says, yeah, I guess I would feel more sympathetic if I agreed with them. Like, or if I thought that what they were doing was right. Right. Um, That's not what civil liberties are about. It's not about letting people do things when you agree with them. In fact, it's the opposite of that. It's exactly. what can people do even when you think they're assholes. Like it, so. it's, it's, it's frustrating. And who was it? Let me, let me see if I can find this. Um, I can't remember what the guy's name is. Uh, he's a crazy dude. Um, let me see. Um, let's see if I can pull it up. I think I, I think I may have had it. Um, as you look, I do want to okay. say this is an important point that arrests. Okay, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no just, go ahead. just that arrests are expected. We would expect arrests because people are breaking the law. Okay, right. arrests are one thing. People got arrested right. during the civil rights movement. Right. Um, declaring martial law mm-hmm. and seizing the assets of peaceful protesters and trampling on them with your horses as we have footage of that occurring. Yes. Someone in a wheelchair got trampled. There's a photograph. Yep. Yes. Uh, that's not okay. Not okay at all. At all. So that's what I say. At what point do you turn and say, hey, enough is enough. We we out here doing what we got to do or whatnot. Um, but it, 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 uh, just w- what you were saying as far as it, it's, it's always one extreme or the other, who can hold the power to, to force the other side to do what they want to do. It's this tweet that, a tweet that Ron Perlman, I don't know if you guys know him. He's, he's some, some boneheaded leftist, uh, who, who's an actor. And in, in essence, he pretty much said, um, you know, I don't understand why we have to share, share a country with these losers. Let's go forth and let's do our thing and, and, and they can do theirs. And y'all know me 100%. I agree. I agree with him. And as much as he is a, 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 I don't want to call him. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be nice as far as the name calling is concerned. As, as ignorant as that man is on issues and, and, and he lives up there on his, in his, his, um, his ivory tower in the soapbox that he continues to be on and whatnot. 
on everything that he says, he is 100% right. We need to, I, I, I do not see, I do not understand why we insist on sharing a country with people who want to vehemently control our lives and why we sit there and, and we, we, we allow that to happen. Like is no offense because Amanda, you're out there in California, but if California wants to run their state, however they want to do it, why should they have any input to what happens to me in Texas? Mm-hmm. Like th- that to me makes no sense whatsoever. And, and it's, it's one of those things like, well, we need to be together and cohesive. Like, why can't we be, you know, and I, I know we, we've said this in, in, in episodes past, you know, hmm, how about we just have uh, a, a defense agreement between 50 states? Hmm. And why don't each, you know, let, let's break up the United States into um, uh, 50 different territories, right? So 50 different territories, and then each of those 50 different territories can do whatever they want to do. But we all come together as one big territory to defend each other's borders from anybody else outside of our particular pact, right? And then with within within those these said fifty territories, each um each area can kind of break down into um I don't know, let's call them counties, okay? Let's just for 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 lack of better term, let's just call them a county. And within these counties you guys are able to determine what is best for you within that county. And then generally speaking, you guys have this specific territory that's broken up to 50 to help monitor a couple of things that you can't do to scale on a county level. Okay. Because there are some things that your county may need and my county may need or whatnot. And we, and we want to come together to make sure that all counties are taken care of. And then within those counties, you say, you know what? Hey, even though it's a big county, there are some things, some places within county. Um, I don't know. Let's call them. Let's call them cities. Okay. Within these cities, you guys say, "Hey, you know what? Your city is different than mine. So how about we operate things on under a different scale? And then that way, you don't have any power over me. I don't have any power over you. And then you operate in that manner. And then lo and behold, everybody lives with people who they want to live with. You're governed by people who you want to be governed by. And then you you don't have to share specific areas with people who who, for lack of a better term, want you dead because they do. It's it's understanding that there are people who do not want who do not want the best for you. We've 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 shown that because because great the great prime minister. I'm not going. I won't use the other prime name. Prime minister. Yes, Justin Trudeau is saying that he's freezing your accounts, but he wants the best for you. But this man is literally freezing your accounts without action of anybody else because of his own volition because of what he deems you guys are terrorists and 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 now that and i can freeze your account for seven days and within that seven days it gives me time to maybe convince people to vote with me so i can extend this out and so forth it's all these 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 great powers that 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 people are given without the consent without the true consent of the governed kind of what gavin with the good hair was doing as far as his his um his emergency powers it's all of these things and i do not understand for the life of me why people want to share a country with the same people who were vehemently opposed to them and want to control their lives i don't 
I don't, and maybe that comes off as prideful. Maybe it comes off as crazy. Maybe it comes off as, as psychotic. I don't know. And frankly, it doesn't matter to me because is what, which one is going to be worse? We are headed down a path where people who are so diametrically opposed to each other do not like, there's no room for civil discord. There is no room for any sort of discourse between the two to where I mentioned if I tell somebody, hey, you know, I, I don't think Trump was was that bad of a president on one on, on, on one in, in, in one area. They will say, oh, my gosh, you're a Trump supporter, blah, 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 blah. You're racist, this, that and the other. And then I'm like, OK. And but if, if, if I turn around and say, you know, Trump was Trump was arguably a, was a horrible president, which he was. I mean, he did some good things and he did some horrible things, right. horrible things. They'll turn around and say, oh, no, 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 no. Trump had the greatest economy and this, that or the other. And, and you're just some deranged leftist and you must bleed blue and you must be a Democrat. And I'm like, I'm neither. I'm mm-hmm. literally neither. And I'm not even purple. Like they would call me gold and black because because of where I fall. But. I'm like, it, it's so frustrating. And, and the more people I, the, the, the more, I don't want to say I can convince, but the more people who realize that at some point we're going to have to break this up into, into things civilly, of course, we'll have to break this up to where, Hey, you know what? Maybe we can just have our own little areas to where we live and you live, but we come up with a mutual defense pack and we do all these things where, where we can we can still trade and we can still do the things that we're supposed to do we just aren't governed by the same political bodies then i think that is the best way out of this because outside of that i don't see this ending ending any um i don't see this ending well for either side uh because of how extreme we've gotten to the point of People, people are so blinded that they hack into private businesses for the sake of the government and for, to force people to, to, to put something into their bodies and then take a, a picture with V for Vendetta mask. Like that just shows how oblivious you are to true messaging and to what you're truly doing. You think you're doing things for the greater good and you are not. You're not. Like it's time for us to take a step back, get off, get off of our high horse and realize you're not always right. I know. I know the past couple of weeks I've said I'm right 99% of the time, but I've realized I'm not always right. There are things. Yes. No, that only that 1% of the time I was just mistaken. I wasn't wrong. I was just mistaken. So like it's, 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 it's one of those things of of like, we've got to realize that, Hey, you know, at some point somebody has got to be the bigger man and nobody will. And, and, you know, and I'll give, that's giving people too much credit, but at some point we've got to take a step back and realize, okay, Maybe it's not best for us to share countries with these people. Maybe it's that maybe it's not best for us to be governed by somebody who can control my life and can control my assets at the drop of a dime because I donated money to somebody who does not want to who does not want to put something in their body or doesn't want it to be mandated mm-hmm. to people. Right. People are some, some of these people are vaccinated and they're still like, no, don't force other people to do it. Like right. allow them to make that choice. Yeah. So for, to the second, maybe I completely agree. To the first, maybe I think what you're articulating here is an inability to listen to contrary speech and right. feel, for I sure. hate to use the word, and to feel safe um, listening to contrary speech. 
I think we need a revision in the way that we understand the work that speech and conversation, the, the work done by speech and conversation. Mm. And I honestly see the, the ability for that to happen. I see it happening in these, in these kinds of school board recalls and, and these times where people who are, you know, classic liberal Democrats say, no, you know what? I, I want, I want diversity. I want diversity in programming. I want diversity in where I send my kid to school. I want diversity in who my kid's classmates are. I want, and so you're, I want diversity in what people choose to put in their bodies, right? Because there are a lot of people on the left who oppose mandates. Um, So I think we're seeing more of a pivot and that gives me some faith in our ability to to coexist and and partly because I want us to have that ability to coexist because I don't like right. being surrounded by people who agree with me all the time. It's of kind course. of my thing. It's kind of <laughs> if that weren't maybe it's why you're living in, in Los Angeles. Obvious by my life history. I was an actress and then I was an academic and I then and I'm you know so I'm constantly surrounded by people who are who don't agree with me. Right. Um so I I think certain developments here are promising. Um, I, I want them to continue, I think, partly because, you know, we've got so many people who, who haven't experienced true, um, true assault on speech. Mm. And then when they experience it and then they realize what the alternative is, usually people like it. Like you get, if, if people aren't used to, if people kind of take freedom for granted, then they kind of start making demands on other people's freedom. Right. And then if there can be a reversal, then I think a lot of times people say, hey, this is kind of rad, actually. Like you saw this in the, in the 60s and the 70s and coming out of this McCarthyism. You saw mm-hmm. people saying, hey, I, I dig speech. Speech is great. I, I like being able to say how I feel. And on both sides, there was an embrace of, of speech and an embrace of, of dissent. Right. Um, so... I'm not ready to give up on the, you know, the 50 states and then some just yet. Partly because, as I said, we need someone to have the nukes. And the nukes are really important right now. So, hey, yeah. As long as you allow me to have them, I'm fine. You can have the nukes and F-15s, yeah. Hey, that's what you need to take on the government. So it is what it is. But um, that'll do it for today's episode of civil discord. Again, your weekly dose of radical curiosity. Cause I forgot to say it in the beginning and I will say it multiple times now. Um, please, please, please make sure you follow us on Instagram at civil discord podcast on Twitter at civil discord pod. Um, follow myself, uh, on, on Instagram, call me Maurice and then Ajax the Griff on Twitter for Amanda, as she is very active on those sites. Please leave us a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, follow us on Spotify, wherever you are getting your your um, your podcast. Please leave us uh, a review on that platform if it allows you to do so. And again, as mentioned earlier in the show, we are definitely on YouTube. So if you are watching this, thank you for watching this as I look into the, the camera. Thank you for watching this. We appreciate you. Um, please share this with anybody with, with anybody who you seem should uh who you believe should be shared with so your as people like to say your communist uncle maybe your racist aunt i don't know um there are people who can definitely get along to 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 um to 
to this. Maybe share it with your ANCAP friends, share it with your with your communist friends, your Marxist friends, whoever you have or whatnot. Uh, you know, Amanda believes that we can all get along and th- there's some civil discord there. I, in that manner, somewhat blackpilled and say, hey, we just need to go ahead and break this thing up. It's been a good it's been a good 200 some odd year run <laughs> and maybe we need to try something new. Um, but, but, uh, but again, share the show with a family, with, with a family or a friend, do all of that. We'll, we will be back again with another, another episode of civil discord until then y'all be easy. Stay fierce.